Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. All around me is... The Luna Laugh. The Lunar Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Surrounding you with who, love. Who is the Lunar Laugh? Let's go this way. Uh, I am Jared LeKites. I play guitar, sing, write some of the songs, and uh, make bad dad jokes during the shows. Sweet. I'm Connor Anderson. I play guitar, sing some background vocals, sometimes lead vocals. I write a little bit and all that good stuff. Uh, Campbell Young, pretty much the same. Guitar, vocals, songwriting. That's yeah. what we do. All right. <laughs> um, what is the Lunar Laugh? <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> At this juncture, it's kind of a songwriting collective and musician collective, but it's mainly the three of us and other people behind us. I, I was thinking about it. I was like, if this lineup that like we're thinking about having actually happens, we're kind of like a super group. <laughs> Just a bit. Like, uh, like a bad super group. <laughs> <laughs> Like Chicken Foot. You remember them? <laughs> like Crosby, Stills, and Oats. Why, I guess, like, what makes it a super group and not, like, just a band? Well, I mean... I think it's because a lot of us just came off of other things to join the Lunar Laugh. Like, I had yeah. somewhat of a solo career. Campbell did as well. And he's also in Don't Tell Dina. And then Connor was in uh, Southern Rift. That's yep. what it was. Yep. And so right away, the three of us already had other things going on. But then also, uh, we're about to get two drummers. Yeah. Not just be one. cool. Whoa. So uh, we That'll have. Be fun. Yeah. And then we have a multitude of bass players. Yeah. Not all at once, but. It, <laughs> it kind of like. I feel like for everyone that's been in the band, it started off as like a, hey, can you help me with this? To like, you're in the band now. <laughs> you're, you're I feel like once you play one show with us, you're you're somewhat of a member of the yeah. loop. Yeah. yeah. Kind of just in the, like, in the loop of like our like disposal of whoever we, like, I don't say whoever we want, but we do have like a good variety. Like if we need a bass player, a keyboard player, we have, we have more than like, one, one person on yeah. each, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're in our gravitational pull, <laughs> the yeah. galaxy of the lunar laugh. Well, and it's nice because it's like, oh man, the bass player that we normally use can't do this gig. Let's just ask like one of the three other ones we've used. <laughs> yeah, it's a rotation. It's yeah. a bit like a uh, a baseball team or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> just send out different players for yeah, different innings. You know, <laughs> sports. One team. <laughs> I kind of do that with my band too. Campbell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a similar thing. It's like, oh, Campbell's busy for this show. Let me get someone else. Or this drummer's busy. Let me get someone else. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, like, not, that's not unusual to do. Like, a lot of even big-time bands do that. Most You'll, of the time, yeah. if it's like, especially if, like, the people aren't writing the songs. Like, I feel like that's the only reason why, like, the three of us are what say constant is because we songwrite and sing song right song right we write <laughs> songs that's, plus that's us in the pictures yeah you know? yeah um, we're true. the we're the faces <laughs> yeah <laughs> not like the band the faces the yeah <laughs> um so you guys just put out a new album we did good night noises everywhere 
came out at the end of June. June. What? <laughs> Which is now dating this podcast. That's Sorry. Right. <laughs> what is it? What makes it different from the rest of the stuff that you guys put out? Well, this is our third album. And mainly when we started it, it was going to be a full-on band record, as in the band doing the majority of playing, whereas the last two albums, it's been us and a mixture of a lot of session people. Yeah. Um, and you can definitely hear that on the record. Like, other other than a lot of, like, bass and keyboard parts and a few guitar parts, it's pretty much all uh, the three of us and then our drummer at the time, Jimmy, uh, playing, like, majority of the parts. Did you play drums on any songs? Um, I played percussion. Yeah, we all played on, a little percussion, but I think Jimmy did all the drums on it. I think the one that Jimmy isn't on is... Um, where We Belong. Where We Belong, because I did, like, all the drums. Played, like, a there. tom and stuff like that. I didn't that. intend for that to happen, <laughs> but... Brian, it sounded cool. Brian Webb, who was co-producing that track, he was just, like, wanting to build a track then and now, and it was only me and him in the studio, so that's what we did. <laughs> I was there, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you guys write everything beforehand or do you write sort of as you're recording? Well, so that's a little different because uh, like we'll usually record the song when it's completely written. But there were a few like I know uh, we kind of started working on the last track uh, up here just getting like the way that it would go. And I think here being our house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you started recording it before I had some of the lines finished. Yeah. Saying goodbye is the last song on the album. It's kind of a, a suite of different movements. And honestly, like the lyrics weren't even completed when Mm. we started recording it. And I don't think they were completed until the day we were recording the vocals for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does good night noises everywhere mean? Uh, it's one of the lines on one of the songs. <laughs> it's a line from a song. It's also a title that's been going around in my head for a long, long time. I always thought it would be a good album title. It's uh, taken from Good Night Moon. The children's um, yeah. book, and I, you know, moon, lunar laugh, it's kind of nicely ties all together. Fair enough, yeah. Is that like a thematic element of the album, or is it just like a nice title? <laughs> uh, kind of. I think the album has a like an arc. It's it definitely starts and ends like yeah, and similar. It's it, it's it a very nicely. It's a continuous loop. It's not quite a concept album, but like a song cycle. Yeah, you can. Like we call back to like that's kind of what the last song is. We call back to some of the songs mm-hmm. uh, in the record. Um, so that's sort of the concept album ish part of yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So is it like about something? If that makes sense. <laughs> Not really. It's about a bunch of different things. I and mean, I, I would hope all our songs are about something. But, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's about it's about a bunch of different things and. Uh, it just happens to all sound really good together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like the way we tied everything together, it can be pretty much interpreted as being about the same thing, even though it's not. Yeah. 
songs are open to interpretation. So, yeah. What uh, influenced and inspired the album? You guys take that one. Um, <laughs> we wrote most of the songs. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear what you guys think inspired it. And then, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> and then Jerry's going to be like, "Let me tell you what it actually is." I mean, from my, from what I can recall about going from our last record, Mama's Boy, into this, I mean, it's just like that one was probably majority studio musicians and uh yeah Campbell joined halfway through yeah so like they would kind of like find places for me to play whereas like this I played a larger role uh Jimmy wasn't even in the band when we were doing Mama's Voice so he definitely played a bigger role um yeah so it's just more camaraderie and uh teamwork if you will <laughs> there's also a lot of uh i don't know romantic feelings going around because everyone was getting married and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> uh like jimmy got married uh john our bass player got married connor just got married he's back from his honeymoon folks congratulations yep. <laughs> thanks <laughs> a good time. show off that ring yeah <laughs> For for the audio for the listeners, listeners, which is everyone, I know he that. held up his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm getting married in October, so congratulations! Yeah. It's, it's super fun. There's a lot of love in this room. Yeah, very sweet, <laughs> very <laughs> sweet. No, um, yeah, I think that kind of inspired like that kind of honeymoon feel, kind of mm. that that glow that you're in, kind of inspired or. Um, informed some of the songs, I think in kind of an unconscious way yeah um given the way that streaming services have sort of changed how we consume music um is there sort of a point quote unquote in doing albums nowadays because they're cool (laughs) i really don't like streaming because i feel like it's the way I like to make music, it's not conducive to mm. like, cause I like to make albums like, yeah. that you can listen to start to finish and streaming. It's like, if it's not good past 30 seconds, you're going to skip it right? or even sooner than that. I don't like, I wouldn't say I don't like streaming because I love having all the music I'd ever want to listen to at my fingertips. That's great. The thing I don't like is the, is playlists. Cause yeah. like everything has to have a mood. Well, well, and I've noticed like when I listen to a playlist and I hear a song I really like from an album I really like, I want to hear the next song on the album because I like the way that, you know, this song like goes into this one and everything like that. And you don't get that from a playlist because you're going into a completely different song. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still like, I still like the like concept of an album. I think, I still think there's there can be a place for it. I don't know, but it's obviously getting harder with streaming mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But I mean, I, I like streaming. Like I have, I love like kind of like what Campbell said. I love having every song I can it's imagine on my phone. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, won't, um, I won't say I, I, I don't use Spotify cause I do, but like, <laughs> I will I, say I don't use Spotify cause I don't, <laughs> but my preferred method I discount ran out. So, 
And preferred method of music is definitely getting an album and listen to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm the scum of the earth, and I use YouTube with an ad blocker. Ooh. So. Oh, oh, okay. Get out of my house. Um, We're getting no royalties. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I don't know how that counts. I don't know if they like. I don't know. If it blocks the ads, then how do you get revenue? I don't know. Yeah. It's, Algorithms. it's all one weird big corporate machine that makes no sense. Yeah. But now, like, a lot of these. You're denying us our a lot 25 of these companies are like, you know, half like pennies. trying to fight the ad blockers. Like, right. So, like, you have an ad blocker, turn it off. No, you can't watch it yet. Turn it off. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but now there are ad block block blockers. Yeah. <laughs> it's never ending, man. <laughs> um, um, that's what's going to be the extinction extinction of man. <laughs> yeah. Ad blockers. Ad block block block, block blockers. Block, block blockers. <laughs> okay, so we're like on the fifth one. People are like writing it down. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm I have a closet full of VHS tapes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, how would you prefer to be making money off of music? Someone buying our, our record. <laughs> yeah, I would I would prefer to be, you know, if we're making money, I'd like to be, like, touring the world and selling yeah. out arenas. But, you know, that's, that's kind of hard to do these days if you don't have a corporation backing you. Yeah, if or you're if not you, an industry plant these days, you're not going to make it. If you don't have your own fragrance. <laughs> well, we could. Let's look into that. It, just, it would smell like potato chips. It would I'd, smell like Cape Cod original <laughs> potato chips. I'd, I'd buy the shit the out of The sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd buy a Campbell fragrance. <laughs> yeah. You'd rub Cam- Campbell on your neck. Oh, yeah. Mm. Would wrist. it just be soup smelling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would just, it, I would just smell like cream of onion. <laughs> Because that's the worst soup I could think of off the top of my head. <laughs> We're smelling. Cream yeah. of onion is pretty good. It, it tastes good. It just smells bad. Since we're going. <laughs> I feel like I'd be clam chowder. Yeah, there you go. What? Clam chowder, yeah. I'm more of a chicken noodle guy. Just okay, classic. Yeah. Classic. So, so even though my name's Campbell, we're all doing uh, soup smells for our colognes. <laughs> Well, I'm from uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, yours so. makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, you could like, you could just pick like a, a a nice smell and call it like moon smell or something, like lunar smell, and be like, nobody actually knows what the moon smells like. Lunar scent. Actually, one time yeah. I held a moon rock when I lived in Houston, and what it smelled like, like uh, burnt barbecue. Oh, but they don't know if that's how space smells or if it just smells that way because when rockets it, go up there, it like burns the atmosphere and it just kind of well, yeah, because perme- there's no like air, so it just kind of that smell like might just, just like permeate. Barbecue, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, barbecue. It, like the moon rock felt like a a very hard sponge. Yeah, and like it had like the weird like kind of almost like a coral rock, uh. and it smelled like um, yeah sulfur, like it had. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Weird. That's cool. Darn, there's an actual lunar sense. <laughs> well, most people don't know that, so right, right. darn the moon exists. Yeah. Oh uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> Birds are on thin ice right now, so Birds. <laughs> Birds are a government conspiracy, that's for sure. Uh, how's the band changed since Apollo and then Mama's Boy? Into good night noises everywhere. Into good night noises. Let me finish that question yeah, for go you. Go ahead. Uh, no, the um, 
so the first album was really started with just me uh, and uh, the co-producers, Graham Colton, Brian Webb, and uh, Dustin Page, who also played on the album. And then Connor kind of came in halfway through, sang some backup vocals. Um, I think he even played some guitar, maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> but so long ago. After, the, after that album was finished, we were. Uh, I just asked Connor, like, hey, do you want to... Like, I don't, like, the Lunar Laugh doesn't exist right now. Like, right. do you, do you want to make it, like, a thing? <laughs> and so, yeah, I'll let Connor take it from there. Well, uh, <laughs> we, like Jared was saying, um, yeah, we, we basically, it was kind of weird because we had this, we had this record and we would do shows and it was just the two of us on acoustic guitars and I think we knew that, uh, the next step after the, doing that for a while, we wanted to keep building and eventually get to a full band, and that's when Campbell came in. So yeah, right. Well, we were starting. We started like we were halfway through making Mama's Boy. I think we had like mm-hmm. four or five songs done, and uh, one of the bass player, guitar players we were playing with said, "Hey, my cousin um, is recording something for ACM, like his final or something. He yeah. needs a band to record, and so he volunteered us." And that's Sweet, our f- yeah. our first session with Campbell was actually for one of the songs that wound up on Mama's Boy. Yep. And some of that session wound up on the album. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then after I did that, I, I saw him at a few different shows. Um, I had obviously gotten to know both of them over the next, like, six to eight months. Uh, and then... Jared texts me one day and he's like, hey, uh, do you know any bass players? We need a bass player for this show. And I was like, well, I, actually, I can play the bass, <laughs> kind of. Um, and so I kind of came on for those two shows and then it was dormant for a little bit. Then it was like, hey, there's this show. <laughs> and then they were like, hey, come to this photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and Jared was basically like, yeah, you're in the band now. <laughs> Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, do you know any drummers? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, let me ask my friend Jimmy. And uh, Jimmy played that one show on very little, like, preparation time. And that's when we kind of were like, okay, this is the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy knows his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and he became our manager soon after. Yeah. Um. Do you look at some of the older stuff with, like, fondness or do you kind of like, ah, I don't really like that old stuff? (laughs) I feel like I really enjoy, like, everything we've done. Um, I look back at everything, like, with – it just brings back good memories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, every every once in a while, like, I'll – because our this album Goodnight Noises Everywhere and our last album Mama's Boy were both pressed on vinyl, uh, so we each took a copy for ourselves. Uh, and every once in a while, I'll just spin Mama's Boy, and be like, "Wow, that was that was a good record we made." <laughs> it's really exciting to see the progression from Apollo to now. Like it's, I think it's really good. Like, right? Yeah, like I I, I spun Mama's Boy like a few few weeks ago. Like. 
<laughs> Some good stuff, man. Every yeah. once in a while, like I'll have my my phone on shuffle, and a song from Apollo will come on, and I'll be like, oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about this one. It's pretty good. Yeah, it kind of takes me a while. Like I'll I'll listen to the intro of it, and I'm like, I don't know who this is, and then it, I realize, oh, like this that's, is that's one of me. our songs. Yeah, <laughs> we did this. Yeah. Uh, what makes the lunar laugh sound like the lunar laugh? Overdubs. <laughs> Thirty vocal tracks. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're not shy about um, layering as much as possible, even if it's just like I think a good example on Apollo. There's a song that has like a triangle for like 30 seconds, but it's like one of the most important parts of the song. Mm. <laughs> well, and like uh, the the first track on this new record, "Welcome to the World," like there was one point. Were you, were you there when we did the woos, Connor? Because I, I remember you, me, and Brian were in there. Was Connor in there too? When I we think did he that? overdubbed a woo later. Okay. <laughs> we were in there. Yeah. So we were, so in we're there all, doing something. Were we all crowded around the one mic? Maybe. I think it was the here to see. Yeah. Okay. We we did yeah. that one. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, there's a uh, lot going on in the, the very first track. There's mm. a lot vocally going on in that first track. Um, but yeah, there there was one point where we were like, hey, what if we did like a, a woo sort of thing going into just like a. Yeah, like a, a Ric Flair woo. Um, and so me, Jared, and Brian, and maybe Connor, we were all just standing around this mic, and he just had it loop recording. So we recorded it like not like five or six different times. So it's like 30 voices on there just saying this woo. And subsequently during mixing, we found a Ric Flair video yeah. of him going woo, and we actually put it in the mix as well. Sweet. <laughs> as well as, as, well as some... Uh, some girl screaming for him saying slick rick yeah <laughs> slick rick wow <laughs> yeah there's a lot going on on that first track but it's cool um is there a point in genre now like do you guys have a genre but do you even care <laughs> well luckily our genre is kind of a little free form yeah i mean mm-hmm. power pop is what we're labeled as but we don't necessarily we don't really stick to that, really. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spain doesn't really like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's, yeah. The uh, reviews for the the third album, the new album, uh, it's all been, like, really good album. Not as good as Mama's Boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dang, yeah. Harsh. It's like, they're very nice until the very last line. It's like, and, you know, their it's last album like was the, better. The, with that being said you know or like no offense but (laughs) if you liked mama's boy you might not like this one with all due respect Uh (laughs) they've actually they've done something different well and they're all in spanish so we're like oh yeah spanish review (laughs) take them through google translate google translate ah not as good as their last one (laughs) i will gladly do just translate your reviews for you (laughs) yeah um they're still good reviews like yeah yeah, yeah. just not as good as our mama's boy reviews (laughs) Um, I mean, what is power pop? It is, um, when I think of power pop, I think of bands like Cheap Trick and uh, the Raspberries, like very melodic Beatles inspired, but like kind of with a punk rock heaviness to it. Okay. Which I don't think we're, we're not, we're not, we're not like (laughs) quite that heavy. Um, when I say punk rock, I mean like the clash. Yeah, sure. That kind (laughs) of. And like London Calling era, the clash. (laughs) Um, I mean, is there stuff that you guys have wanted to foray into that 
goes way beyond the pale of pop or rock pop thing, whatever the circle of genre that Lunar Laugh seems to fit. Um, I mean, we're, we're all songwriters. I, I write for, uh, Lunar Laugh, uh, Don't Tell Dina, my other band and myself sometimes. So I'll usually like have a, have a song and be like, okay, this is, this is a Lunar Laugh song. Um, so that's just kind of the way that I do it. Uh, it doesn't, it's not necessarily me sticking to a genre or anything, but it's, it's usually where it's like, oh, this would be something good to work with Jared on, or uh, this would be something good that, you know, Connor and Jared can have their input on. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things that, like, I'm not specifically writing for any sort of genre. Um, it usually comes together in the studio uh, where, you know, we start adding everything to it and we start adding all the harmonies and that's where it's like, okay, this is the lunar laugh sound. Yeah. But then like, there's a song like waiting for a sign, which when I wrote it, I was like, I don't know if this is a lunar laugh song. And we started working on it in the studio and I'm like, I don't think this is a lunar laugh song (laughs) until, until I played it for like Connor and Campbell and they were like, like, this is going to turn some heads. Like this will be, this will be a great song for us. I remember hearing it and, uh, Taylor, our engineer, he uh he has a band called chair model and they're that's waiting for a sign is kind of more their sort of vibe so when they started playing it i was like oh this is cool maybe this is like a chair model thing or something and then i heard jared singing i was like oh okay maybe this is something else Uh, (laughs) and then uh there's it when it goes into like the i guess that's the pre-chorus when the first like big synth stabs come in and that's when i was like okay no this this isn't something else this needs to be a lunar laugh song uh now (laughs) (laughs) um what tells you that it is or isn't a lunar laugh song if like the three of us aren't singing on it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a magic thing that happens when like the three of us like put our voices or our musical skills like together. Like once that happens and it's like on the record, it automatically turns into a lunar laugh thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think it is that other people having the input on it because there there was a song that. Uh, the second track on this album, the the one that I wrote the majority of, uh, I record because backstory. Uh, <laughs> one one day I was working and Jared was like, "Hey, I need two songs by Sunday." I was like, "Whoa, okay, time to get to work." Haven't written a song in a while, so the first one was one that it, like it was an idea that I had had for a while, like I had had the chorus pretty much, and. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, flesh this out. This will be the first one, you know, take it easy on myself because <laughs> haven't written a song in a while. And then the second one, like, literally just flooded out of my head, like, mm. just wrote in, like, 10 minutes. And I was like, I don't know if this is really, you know, Lunar Laugh vibe because when I recorded it, it was a little slower and it almost had more of, like, a Green Day sort of thing to it. And I was like, I don't know if this will work, but... I need a second song and I 
I know Jared can do something with this to make it work. Um, and so that's kind of what happened. Well, yeah. Which one was that? Uh, it's called Old New Kid in Town. Yeah. yeah. I is- remember I remember listening to the album and being like, this is a Campbell-ass song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when he sent it to me, it was a lot slower, and it was called New Kid in Town. <laughs> and I said, I don't think we can call it that because that's an Eagle song. <laughs> like, that's just all I think about. So I suggested just old new kid in town and speeding up just a, a little more. And um, right away, I knew, like, I kind of got an idea in my head that I wanted uh, Welcome to the World to be the song before it. Uh, so I rewrote the ending of Welcome to the World to where it, the key changes to where it would fit his song. So I kind of, that kind of set in motion, like the idea of songs going into each other and mm-hmm. the kind of flow of the album. Yeah. So that kind of collaborative thing is what really drove most of the album, I think. Yeah. Well, what's the art of album order? Like explain sort of what well, we had a, you we like. had a struggle on this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So like there really is an art to it because, uh, you basically have to take, you know, eight to 15 pieces that are in no way actually connected <laughs> and form a story out of it. Like, that's that's the way that I think of it. Let, and that's what usually works the best. I usually, you know, you want to go for, like, start off big, kind of go into something else. Now... Uh, slow down a bit and, you know, kind of ride that narrative arc that you would normally go with, like, when you're watching a movie or something. Um, Some songs, it's easy to tell. It's like if it's a good, upbeat song, it's like, okay, that song would be a good first song. Or uh, if a song's kind of slower, it'd be like, that's a good, like, middle ground. Uh, Songs that have kind of more uh, a finality about them. That's like, that's obviously going to be the last song. Yeah. I always just think of it like, because, and I know me and uh, Jared are huge Beatles nerds, but I always think of it like, uh, like how Abbey Road works in the way that the track listing is. Not necessarily the medley part, but like how the A side, like it ends on "I Want You," she's so heavy, and it's like then coming back down into "Here Comes the Sun." That's kind of like a a little palate cleanser after you know the darker. B side or the end of the A side thing. So, do you like? I mean, because there's there's sort of like a common approach, which is like you front load it with the hits mm-hmm. and then like put sort of like see the darker stuff. But we don't end. have any hits. Yeah, so. that's <laughs> like. I mean, if you're making a pop album and you're not trying to tell a story with all of these different pieces, that works. But like. You can't make Dark Side of the Moon with money being the first track, time being the second track. Like you, that doesn't work because it's not that kind of record. Yeah. So, well, the the two singles for this album are actually both on side two. Yeah. Mm. So, and that's because that's just what worked out best in our heads. And uh, a little more backstory: like we actually struggled because we had more songs than wound up on the album. Yeah. Mm. And when we presented the final what we thought was the final track list to the record label they said this will not fit on one <laughs> on one album and we, we we're not going to spend the money to do a double album mm-hmm. and so we had to like 
painfully choose to delete two songs from the album. Um, and they were really good songs. Yeah. But I like I like the end where we... I don't know. I kind of like the number being 10. Yeah. Yeah. I think 10 is a solid... Especially now with people, maybe not as many people listening to records. I feel like 10 is a good... It's yeah, not too we're, long. We're still very short. happy with the album is that it, we wound uh, up with. It is five and five. Five yep. on the A side, five on the B side. Yeah, yeah. It's nice nice and balanced. Yeah, yeah. And they said like side two was still like a little too long, but it, <laughs> they worked it out to where it would like sound okay. And actually this record sounds really good. I will say. Like the vinyl, I was nervous because of the, the length of the side, but it actually came out amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How how long do you like albums to be? It kind of depends. I it, yeah, it depends on what it is because sometimes there are things where I, I like to think of it as like a meal. Like, you know, you have your albums that are like a light meal, like sushi, and you're like, wow, that was, you know, 50 minutes. That didn't even feel like it. Um, and then there's some where it's like Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, it's like Thanksgiving, and you're like, golly, that was only a 30 minute EP. Like, ugh. <laughs> so I, I just think of it like that and like there are some things and aesthetics and everything like that where you know a longer album works because you know it's just something about it and something where shorter albums it's more dense yeah so there's certain albums that I'm like this didn't need to be a double album like they could have gotten mm -hmm. rid of a lot of these songs and made a, a really good a lot of double album. albums are that way mm-hmm or even uh, a triple album like Stadium Arcadium. Gosh. Stadium <laughs> Arcadium did not need to be two hours and two minutes long. Gosh. I was thinking more of Melancholy by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. that uh, A lot of people like that album, but I like exactly I, I half like, of that album. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I like a lot of that album, but not all of it. Do you, do you guys feel okay about the two songs that didn't make it on or... Oh, oh no! We they're, we, we yeah, definitely have plans for them, like mm -hmm. them, so it's not. Uh, and we we're probably going to end up playing them live a lot because sure, sure. they're really good songs and they're fun songs. They were the two that could be expunged without affecting the flow of the album sure. way yeah. too much. Um, I, I figure one day we'll probably release this as it was meant to be listened to, <laughs> or we'll just have people buy the other thing that. The two songs are going on, sure. so yeah. they have to have both the two of them. two-song EP. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly extended yeah. play. Just a little bit. <laughs> We're going to remix the entire album in 5.1. Okay. <laughs> and all the vocals will be in Spanish. Yep. That'll be really helpful. And to you're going to help audience. us write them because... That's <laughs> We're gonna uh, we're gonna record it like the first Beatles stereo album. We're just gonna start <laughs> panning everything yeah, left and right. Just put the drums hard left and <laughs> hard left. <laughs> it's actually gonna be instead of five point one, it's gonna be seven point zero. Like, yeah, no subs. It's fine. Yeah. Who needs them? <laughs> no bass. Whoa, it's like Metallica. <laughs> um, is there like a goal for the Lunar Laugh for what it should always? Yeah, I mean, what it wants to make reach. money, <laughs> making money. That's that's yeah. what drives us making money for our art. Yeah, I feel like we shouldn't like no one should be ashamed to say that they want to make money doing what they want right. to do. Right. Um, and I think 
like artistically success, like artistic success is definitely very important and being true to who we are and not having to change what we are to gain success. And I think that's been the main goal, but also uh, doing a bit of touring outside of our comfort zone, yeah, like Oklahoma. And we actually booked a couple shows. Yeah. Uh, it's happening. Yeah. So... <laughs> Gotta put in PTO for that. <laughs> um, how do you feel talk, speaking about touring outside of the Oklahoma music scene? How do you feel about the Oklahoma City music scene? Um, <laughs> well, there's some good and some bad. I mean, <laughs> like, would I wish more people in general came to shows? Yeah. Can I force that upon people? No. <laughs> that's pretty much how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really my one complaint. I mean, there are some venues that are a little shady, not going to name any names, but like there are just some where it's like, oh, I would rather not play here, but, you know, we're a band looking for work, yeah. so. And plus, like, we've had shows where, like, we thought we did really well and there was five people there. I was like, man, I wish there was, you know, a few more, just a few more people yeah. here. Like, they... People are missing out on like good music and uh, yeah because as far as the because that's the stuff I don't like is the is that you know people in Oklahoma don't come and see live music as much yeah. or oh, they don't see like the baby bands they'll go see like the the big acts that come to like the yeah peak yeah or something. yeah I mean like you know, that that's power. a given like there's there's a reason why those shows exist is because people go to them. Um, but I'm saying ten dollar like cover charge. <sighs> I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. Five dollar cover charge. But let me spend two hundred dollars <laughs> on you know show. Whoever comes to the arena or whatever. We couldn't find a dog sitter, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll make it to the next one. But that being said, that stuff and the, uh, I guess business side of it, but I wouldn't even call it that. That side sucks, but. As far as the actual music that's being made here, we have a lot of good, good bands. Yeah, I definitely feel like there's a, not a bias, but there's certain artists that just get so much like coverage. Like every time yeah. they like put out like a single, it's well, just... I mean, and like that's just based on like their past successes. Yeah. Like like the way Broncho is like. I like to think that they were a good band and they're just getting more cover, like as much coverage because they were a good band. Right. Like I, I love their first two records, but after that, I just, I, I, eh. mm -hmm. eh. I mean, I don't, I don't endorse that statement, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean, want, I don't want people from Broncho like emailing yeah, no. me saying, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, they don't email me anyway, but it's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, like I, I feel like uh, there's a lot of people working hard to make uh, the Oklahoma music scene even better. Uh, like Evan Jarvix, for one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he he keeps. If you don't follow him on any social media, he does like weekly updates of like what's happening in Oklahoma. In the scene, yeah. Uh, like who has an album coming out? Who has a video or single coming out? Who's playing shows? You know where bands are coming from? You know. It's very informative. That's where I get all my news from. Yeah, OK Sessions is another good one. They're doing mm -hmm. they're doing cool stuff in the scene. Yeah, but I've I've had 
Evan Jarvix on the podcast. Yeah. Yep. I forget what episode number it was, but it was him and Electra. So yeah, Electra is Electra is also, who, yes. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that the one right before Scott went on? I think so. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um where would you like to see the Oklahoma City scene moving towards what would help? I would like to see the things that I mentioned that I dislike uh, done be reversed. Away. Yeah, done away <laughs> with. People coming to shows, venues being awesome. Like, well, we're, the, I like that we're opening that that park. That um, yeah, Scissor Tail Park. Yeah, that'll be cool. I feel like if they work out where we have like a f- like kind of like festival kind of vibe of just like yeah different bands like not necessarily like an all like a one day festival but like a like a dude, series of concerts yeah 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 it's similar uh, to what uh, they did at the myriad gardens yeah mm-hmm. yeah that'd be cool how do we sort of i mean do we want the culture to kind of become like a austin or a chicago or that'd be LA dope Seattle, i'd love that whatever. That kind of I don't I don't know if it'll ever be like because people don't say like the Oklahoma City sound like I don't think <laughs> I don't yeah. think it'll ever be quite like that but I think it will it would be nice to have kind of that sort of a like a vibe like mm-hmm. people yeah. say Oklahoma City and they think oh that's where like this band and such and such like because I think the most thing that people associate with Oklahoma City would be probably the Lips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at, at least bands that are still here. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, all the good bands leave. Because <laughs> that's yeah. where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not here. Yeah. I mean, Adam and Kizzy left recently. Yeah. And honestly, like, they were just too good for, for what OKC was offering them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same with uh, Bolsey. Like they mm. they did their last show at Norman Music Festival this year. Well, and then uh, what's their names going to Seattle? Uh, trip sitters, trip yeah. sitters. Yeah, and we're stealing we, their drummer. We got their drummer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the Annie Oakley. Yeah, moved. That, there were a lot that moved just this last year. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> but you know. We're reaping the benefits of that because now we have less competition. <laughs> <laughs> we're staying put. Because <laughs> it's cheap. Y'all, y'all get out of here. We're gonna. <laughs> this is our pond. Um, we're, we're the big fish. And then, has social media and streaming sort of changed your approach to how you do music, put it out, and everything else? As an artist? Yeah, because if this were a different time, I wouldn't uh, be using it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it makes it it makes it makes easier, but also I, I just hate social media. Yeah. Like, it's pointless. <laughs> I never really considered it until uh, really this album was the first time I thought of, like, maybe crafting intros to where they would jump out on like a, a Spotify yeah. playlist or something like that. But really I, I try not to consider it way too much because I think it'll uh, compromise because streaming might not be around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like who knows what's going to happen in 10 years? Like yeah. how are people going to get their music? It might be like implanted in their head or something like mm-hmm. that. 
<laughs> um, do you think there's a way of, I guess, turning this around? Like, it, it feels like the music industry is sort of struggling just in the face of technology, I guess. But how, uh, how do we either bring it back or adapt with it? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they keep trying to push like the like obviously vinyl making a comeback was like their the one thing that's like kind of keeping them alive because mm. now they can put out everything they've ever put out again on vinyl <laughs> and charge 20 to 30 bucks for it. Yeah. You know, now now the vinyl is thicker and it's going to sound better. 180 grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's one of those things. I feel like it's probably in the next 10 years, it's going to like implode on itself and something like Napster is going to happen. And it's like, oh, the thing, The thing is the music like conglomos are, are just always about money and greed. Yeah. Because they're not owned by music lovers anymore. Now that it's all owned by corporations. corporations, like some French water company owns Universal or something. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the music industry is broken, but who gives a shit at this point? It, it's it been broken for years, and no <laughs> one's done anything about it. Yeah. No one really can. And there's just, like, no, I mean, there's just no consistency. It changes, it feels like, every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I'm going to adjust my mic. On the other end of that, though, uh, can music change the world? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the Beatles <laughs> changed the world. Yeah. That's my... Like the Beatles are music and they change the world. So yeah. yes, music can change the world. Well, and like... And I think the world changes with the music too. Sure. And at the end of the day, like you can have all the business bullshit, but if you don't have a good song, you don't have a good song. Like a good song is what's going to be the basis for that business bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Old Town Road. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, the song played at my wedding, and it was so much fun. The, yeah. Billy, the Billy Ray version, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there any other, like, definitive version? I mean, there's like, there's like ten of them. I know. Here. I know. Just <laughs> there's one with that uh, yodel kid, and it's not good. Not oh really? Kid. Oh, it's that's not, one. Yeah. That's one thing. Oh, I was have you like, not heard that? It's no. got Young Thug. <laughs> and the yodel kid, like he's really just trying Ma to Mason Ramsey. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. really just trying to take hip hop and uh, country and like make these people. Work His together. career is really interesting. I just want to say, still, like, that he's still when like Mason Ramsey like took off. I was like, why the hell didn't we think of that? Like just yodeling in yodeling Walmart. In a Walmart? No, not yodeling necessarily, but going inside a Walmart and just starting playing. Like they might have asked us to leave. <laughs> Right, but they would have asked us. At least, least it would have gone. Luck. It would have gone vinyl. I mean, probably because we're not, we're not like a little cute yeah, nine year old yeah. kid wearing cowboy boots. I don't know, if we, if we all shave, yeah. we could probably pass for like fourteen. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, why are these poor fourteen year olds coming in here and singing? Why aren't you seven? Yeah. The one thing that bothers me about Mason Ramsey was he, like, he was discovered singing like Hank Williams songs, and then when they made him sign like a contract and everything the music he put out was not like anywhere near that yeah yeah, yeah. it's just bad bro country sung they, by a they 13 year old the, <laughs> they put him in the machine <laughs> and yeah the song they spit out was very 
it like, sounded like music written by a robot. Yeah, I mean, it was just no like, soul. It's that corporation, you know, just running it all. Again, it's not like the music business is not run necessarily by people that like music. It's just people that look at numbers and spreadsheets. Yep. <laughs> Focus groups. Not that there's anything wrong with numbers and spreadsheets, but it's I guess how no, it's just so much. How they're it's just so much it's, easier for. It's that's that that's all they care about. They don't care about the, you know, the music. They care about the product yeah. and how well the yeah. product is doing. To a degree, like the music business has always been run that certain way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like the people that used to run it, like aren't the Armand Erdogans and that kind of vibe, they were way more into the quality of the music. Yeah, well, and like the Barry sales. Gordys and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Well, and Barry Gordy was a songwriter. Yeah. Like, that's how he started out, so. That's why he cares. <laughs> <laughs> um, what makes you guys optimistic about music in the future? Campbell Young. <laughs> Connor Me Anderson. Me too. Santiago Ramones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just... Because there's so many people that like that I've come into contact with that like haven't even really hit their prime yet that I'm just ready for those people that I know and love that make good music to make their best music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just the, there's. I know we said a lot of like negative stuff about the music business, but like there's a lot of good music by. People who are younger than us, that you know, mm-hmm. and this probably isn't even their best stuff, and it's really good now. Like, imagine what what they will be. So, well, yeah, like uh, you you got to think about like, especially with we've mentioned already probably like five times now the Beatles, but like, I mean, in have eight, you ever heard of them? Yeah, you ever yeah. heard of them? <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, in what seven years they went from. A band that was, you know, basically just skiffle to... Uh, they went from Love Me Do to Long and Winding Road. Yeah. <laughs> like, they they got better and did things that were amazing, like, five years in. Yeah. So, <laughs> there are people not even one year in that are making amazing things. Drugs so. were very much better back then, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the drugs were better necessarily, <laughs> but there wasn't. Uh, I can't speak on that because I wasn't alive then. So. <laughs> I think <laughs> also like, you know, you see like you like people doing YouTube covers and like their covers are like way better than the actual song sure. that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gives me like the fact that there's still like really talented people that no one knows about. That's mm-hmm. what gives me like not necessarily hope, but it, it makes me know like, okay, so like, the crappy stuff may be what's on the radio, but yeah. there's always going to be people that can play really well. Like, yeah, um, it, it's not about like selling records and uh, having your song on the radio like all the time and being number one. It's it's about the how much you work at your craft and how much love you put into it. Yeah, and um, yeah, like once this once this machine goes up in flames, <laughs> <laughs> all the new blood will come come up and uh they'll already be have made all these youtube covers and stuff like this so they'll have worked on their craft and then it's like oh hey here's this song and they're like 
the world will go nuts. Well, it's a, it's a cycle. Like every once in a while, there'll, there'll be a period of time when there's like the everything will be like this kind of poppy machine, like yep, computerized yep. kind of music, and then all of a sudden there'll be something that comes along that kind of like shakes skyrockets. It up. Like I keep thinking of like Nora Jones, like when she came along, there was like, it was all Britney Spears in sync. And then like, boom, Nora Jones is like the biggest thing ever. Yep. And she's doing something that's totally different. I think and like before her, there was like Nirvana. And before that there was yeah, whatever, you know. And I mean, you could even think of like Mumford and Sons as yeah. one of those mm-hmm. in the 2010s. Definitely. Cause they like, as soon as they were out, there was like, three artists that started they changed their sound completely to no drums hand claps just <laughs> <laughs> banjos yeah yeah um what are what is the sound of the future i guess what is man i don't what, know what hasn't been touched yet that you think has a potential to well rap is kind of making its way into yeah. country music so i mean <laughs> yeah, that's I the mean, big one that's kind of you know, gotten crossed uh, off. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. There's these. Um, I think it's a relatively new instrument. I have to look up what it's called, though. <laughs> uh, but I feel like there's still new instruments being invented that I yeah, think yeah, are yeah. going to, uh, and new software I think is gonna like help revolutionize and put things in people's hands that weren't accessible before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of goes along with like live production too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of a different thing, but just production on all that stuff is getting so much better and I don't know, more accessible, I guess. Yeah. Um, Forgive what, what's, what's it? Have you found the instrument yet? Yes, <laughs> it is the uh, the harpigy. <laughs> Have you f- the harpigy? The, the harpigy. Yeah. What does it look like? Uh, so it is kind of it's like a flat thing. Is it that with like a lot electric? of strings on it? Oh, it's been around for a little bit, and I've seen Stevie Wonder play it. I've seen, and it has like this. Uh, you just place your fingers on it, and it's uh, so it sounds a bit like a guitar with a very high capo on it. Okay, and yeah. let me see if I, I can. Uh, I have this video pulled up here. <laughs> but there's at least like twenty or so strings on it. And you just kind of play it like a keyboard. Oh, I, I have yeah. seen these. I have it? seen these. Like? The whole thing uh, looks like that. Okay. Just discovery on the thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of looks like a... No, uh, I, I have seen those, and those are intriguing, but they're also quite expensive. It kind of looks so. like a dulcimer. But I feel like that's yeah. going to yeah. be yeah. like the next wave of... like Remember when everyone did a song with like a ukulele in it? Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's going to be the next right. wave of... like there's The harpagee. That and uh, Dendritus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll be the first on that wave. <laughs> well, hopefully it also doesn't get co-opted by corporations like the ukulele did. Well, I mean, it, it will, but that'll also be like once that one big song with a harpage comes out, it's going to be great because <laughs> there's going to be cheaper harpages out there. remix. <laughs> <laughs> happen i want one but they're expensive i'm sure if you go on youtube you can find an old town road harpage cover there's i just need one song there's to make a market it big for with it because i really want one and they're really expensive so i need the market to kind of if we all pull together ones. we can just buy one and <laughs> share it together nice um listen for it on the next one or laugh <laughs> album 
what factors contribute to an artist's success? Success being a very subjective word. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like, I mean, obviously part of it's uh, hard work. I mean, but I mean, there's, all, I think with everyone, there's luck involved. I mean, I just heard a whole bunch of listeners groan. Somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Dang it, I have to work uh, hard. Well, that, and I think also just, uh, yeah, like you said, luck, like the people you know are going to mm-hmm. uh, affect uh, and like who you're, who you're, uh, surrounding yourself with i think if you're surrounding yourself with people that don't have the same drive as you or that aren't as driven as you you're not going to get as far but i think if like we're the three of us are very lucky in that the three of us have like that common goal like Mm -hmm. we we don't want the band to fail yeah yeah i think it's kind of a mix of uh luck hard work and uh just staying true to yourself and not wavering to just to make something that's, you know, trying to be popular because that, at the end of the day, isn't going to be as good of a song as if it's something you feel in your heart, you know. There's a degree of discipline involved yeah. for sure, though. Yeah. Can't wait to hear the uh, the new Lunar Laugh Old Town Road, Old Town Road cover. <laughs> be- that's not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to mess with well, perfection. Uh, yeah, right. Connor's like, that's true. That's no, no, that's true. That is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, on the last album, uh, one of the songs that really got us our like distribution deal was called uh, "Work in Progress," and I swear, like when I started writing it, I thought it sounded like this uh, Billy Ray Cyrus song <laughs> called uh, "I Know the Words by Heart" or something like that. I think it's just called "Words by Heart." But uh, every time I play it, I almost start singing that song just because oh, yeah. it's like ingrained in my head from my childhood. <laughs> and I thought, you know, how funny is it that this guy that was like huge when I was like four or five years old is now suddenly just as huge again, like Billy Ray Cyrus. Like, so you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. <laughs> um, what advice do you guys have for people? Or musicians or whatever context you want to take for that, since it's kind of Um, a more musical context that we're talking in. Learn to play the bass. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Being a bass player is pretty pretty good way to make money. A lot of fun. (laughs) And drums. Everyone needs a drummer. Yeah, but then you got to lug around drums. Learn to play the bass. (laughs) That way, you only have to bring a bass and a bass amp. Yeah. Sometimes not even a bass amp. Sometimes not even a bass amp. Yeah, so I didn't even break a bass amp for like two years. <laughs> it's freaking DI. That sounded it's fun. <laughs> but I think, uh, like we said, like a certain amount of discipline, like hard work. Um, don't just expect to make it right out of the park, um, but keep trying. Yeah. I think setting realistic expectations helps. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's a. a Important part of it, like, but also taking chances. Like, I had yeah. a friend who he made a record and he moved to Los Angeles, and he just said, "I'm gonna go, like, I'm just gonna walk into the Capitol Records tower and like see what happens." Like, he he just walked up to the front desk and was like, "Hey, this is my album. Can someone listen to it?" And like, nothing happened, but like, sure, that was kind of a cool thing to do. Like, yeah, that's ballsy. Yeah, <laughs> walking up mm-hmm. they the don't stereo. like obviously they don't they don't take solicitors, but yeah. Um, that's that's wild but who else does that you know 
Um, What's a record building? (laughs) Right. What's a record? The Capitol Tower that Capitol does not own anymore because Capitol is now owned by Universal, which is owned by a water company. Yeah. And Uh, Disney will own it soon, probably. (laughs) (laughs) They burned all their master tapes. No. (laughs) That was a thing. Now now putting the tinfoil hats on. (laughs) Hang on a second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What... Have you guys been listening to that uh, you're excited about? Um, I'm really a big fan of Wise Blood right now. Have you ever heard of her? Wise Blood? She, uh, it's spelled W E Y E S. Wise Blood. Wise oh, Blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's German. Wise Blood. Wise Blood. Um, <laughs> she is a like a singer songwriter, um, and her new album is. Uh, one that I'm spinning a lot. She has a song called something to believe that came on. Uh, I was actually listening to the new vampire weekend on Spotify. And then she like just popped up as like a suggested song. So I gave it a listen and I thought it was something from the seventies. Like it was very much up my alley. Um, but it turned out to be something that just came out this year. That's cool. Uh, so that's one of the ones I'm listening to and the new vampire weekend. I'm really into. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Listen to that one too. Cause I'm seeing them. Next, is that, when's that concert? Soon? I don't know. I'm Ish. going to that too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's soon. So I've listened to them a little bit. Carpool. And I went to I went to New York on my honeymoon, and we went to uh, a Rough Trade in Brooklyn, and I bought the last Oasis record, which I didn't even know was on vinyl. So I was like, oh, sweet. And so I listened to that. It's a really good record. Yeah. I wish they were still together. But right. But Noel Gallagher's a dick. Oh yeah. Shocking. I mean, they're both. They're yeah. both awful. People. They're both terrible, but they're. <laughs> So they're such good musicians. You know, it's like that uh, that volatile combination just kind of makes magic. Like, I feel, <laughs> I like the two of them apart, but I think the two of them together is just mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what have I been listening to recently? Uh, the, the new Lips record, Flaming Lips, The King's Mouth. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like how it's, it's before. Yeah. Callbacks. Yeah, uh, callbacks, the, you know. The Lips. The Flaming um, Lips. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a really good record. Check it out because yeah. it's uh, it's probably their best in like ten years. We have Dang. some we have some friends in the band. You know? Yep, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, some no. who have been on the co- podcast. Yeah, they have. You know. yeah. <laughs> um, I've been listening to that uh, Beatles a lot. I, White Album and Abbey Road. I'm gonna go into my music likely. app and see what my recently played yeah. songs are, <laughs> so I can tell you exactly what. Yeah, the last I, song I played was. Um, let's see. Secondhand News by Fleetwood Mac, Me and Mrs. Jones um, by Billy Paul. Oh, yeah. I forgot about these albums that I was listening to. I re-listened to uh, Dookie by Green Day the other day. Great record. Um, I've also been getting really into Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, which is probably bad for my psyche. I've been hearing a lot of great things, specifically from... Stephanie, yeah, about Nick yeah. Cave. I listened to that yeah. podcast that she did. Red Right like, Hand is one of my favorite songs. That's yeah. that's a great song. Yeah, uh, so I recently downloaded uh, Old Town oh, Road. Oh, there you go. Along with Mitski, all of her records. I've heard good have you have you heard her? Yeah. She's so good. I, we I saw her live in Dallas last year, and she's so good. She's so cool. I've been listening to a lot of uh, America. Oh, nice. Um, really good seventies band. And when yeah. I was about five years old, I saw them open for the Beach Boys at a oh, at a nice. at a balloon festival. 
for free. And John Stamos was in, like, he came on stage with the Beach Boys. And, but Brian Wilson was in the audience. Wow. Yeah. Huh. It was a good Strange. show. Strange. That's nuts. Magical yeah. moments. But, um, yeah, I've never really listened to them outside of their greatest hits album. Um, but I recently saw a concert of theirs on YouTube from Central Park from like the early 80s. And a lot of the songs I hadn't heard before. So it made me kind of go back into their catalog. Yeah. I need to listen to more America other than. Well, what drew me to them is that there's there's three of them, yeah, like in the front row, and then they just surround themselves with a bunch of other musicians. It's like so us, it's kind of kind of <laughs> reminded me of something. I don't know what. Yeah, they're still around, right? Yeah, I think they're, there's only two of them now. Okay. Oh. Are they coming to one of the? the yeah, casinos? they're coming to one they're of the casinos. They're always coming to the casino. Like they're like I've, I've seen them on a. Billboard. They're like a casino yeah, staple. Yeah, like yeah. it's <laughs> them and Air Supply that are always about to show up. Yeah. <laughs> And a bunch of country people. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think... And like Ringo Starr. Yeah. It's because casinos pl- pay so well. Especially Windstar. They, yeah. They pay too well. They, like... That's why so many people play at them. Yeah. It's probably why um, the Oklahoma, like, local music scene is so... Uh, confusing to right. the general consumer. That's what, well, Tower Theater and places like that, I know, have to struggle. Like, they're in competition with the casino. Casinos, yeah. It's, that's about That's why I remember one of my first classes at ACM was uh, uh, Mark from Hinder. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the first things he said was, like, man, I wish Hinder could play it, like, any casino like exclusively that'd be great <laughs> you just yeah. do a casino totally tour get it. really if you're asking me like what i want the, for the future of the lunar laugh is to just do casinos <laughs> exclusively no yeah uh <laughs> one of my first classes at acm uh with chris hicks great man he uh, man. he said oh what was it he said uh make sure you guys play at the casinos because they pay way too much <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. If you can book me yeah. a casino gig, that would be real nice. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I think in let's uh, let's make an arrangement. Like if we ever get a gig at a casino, like we'll, we'll just we'll, open yeah. for yeah. <laughs> whichever if it's Santiago first or us first, like we'll just. I don't think I'm, I'm getting a casino gig. Anytime I don't know. Soon, I don't know. No, you, <laughs> you never know what will happen. You're ahead of us. You have a podcast. <laughs> we don't do enough covers to play at a casino. Mm. We could. Good. Yeah. That's an easy fix. Yeah. <laughs> Just I, once again, waiting for that Lunar Laugh uh, Old Town Road cover. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do what Garth Brooks did and just do a whole uh, covers box set. <laughs> there we go. Where's that Christmas album, guys? <laughs> I thought actually. Was, actually? Uh, no, we, uh, we've made one Christmas song. Yes. And it's uh, pretty good. So do you want to hear what the next plan is? Like sure. This, this yeah. is a good segue. So um, we recorded our live set at VZD's uh, last December. Yeah, yeah. And we played our new Christmas song. So uh, we're going to package that and the two songs that were deleted from this album. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah. Into our first live release. Yeah. So sweet. Look yeah. for that sometime. To... Either, well, Christmas song will probably be out in December, and then I think the whole album will be out in January. Sweet. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, well, I want to mention some of the stuff that I'm listening to, uh, cause it's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what you got? um, I've been listening to Arca, 
Arca is a Venezuelan producer, and they worked with Bjork. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I've been listening to some Arca. Um, and R. Then Kelly? A R C A, not R Kelly. And dialect, it's pronounced dialect, but it's spelled D A L E K. So Dalek, but the A has two dots over it, which is why it's pronounced dialect. They're like a, I've been listening to a lot of experimental rap lately. So dialect makes some cool noisy production with some have you listened heavy... to uh injury reserve yet Mm-mm. they it's kind of like all alternative hip-hop sort of stuff uh they have a song with like jpeg mafia um there's there's a lot of features on this album they just released it's pretty mm. it's pretty good i think anthony fantano gave it a good review if i remember correctly <laughs> the melon um, yeah they have uh jpeg mafia Freddie Gibbs, Drum or Dram, however you say that. Yeah. It's pretty good. Who uh, is that again? Injury Reserve. Injury self-titled Reserve. Self-titled album. I'll, I'll look into that. And, and then lastly, I've been listening to Blackie, all caps with spaces. Ah, um, meme font. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the go-to. He's a, a noise rapper from Houston, I believe. Ah, and nice rapper. It is just so. What is that exactly? intense? It's like rapping with noise. Is it just like it's, it's louder, hyper distorted and compressed? Uh, like if the production, if the Strokes were rappers. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. It, yeah. Kind of similar. It's like, kind of like Death Grips or Clipping. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Or for people who don't listen to experimental noisy hip hop, <laughs> like Yeezus or um, sure. Uh, what's another one that's kind of uh, uh, like Cherry Bomb by Tyler, the Creator is kind of that way too, just hyper distorted. He kind of did it as like a satirical thing for that album, but a lot of people didn't realize it. Oh, no, I've been I've been in, enjoying that mess, even though it's like a lot of the music that I'm sort of playing nowadays is like kind of more accessible. Yeah. Like yeah. rock type stuff. That I've been really enjoying. I always feel noisy. really out of it because everything I enjoy is like really commercial and like accessible. Like you were gonna throw in like, <laughs> like all these like cool like artists I've never heard of, and they're like, yeah, and they threw in some Tim McGraw the other day. <laughs> kind of want to relax, <laughs> take the edge off off of my day. I did. Just, I don't think I can name a Tim McGraw song. Indian Outlaw. Man. And through the outdoor, what? Indian Outlaw. <laughs> that song got him in. That, that's <laughs> in through the outdoor. Yeah, full, full, full in the rain. Full in the rain. <laughs> Anyways, um, thank you guys for doing this with me. This is a lot of fun. Um, plug your stuff. I also listen to the Bee Gees. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So yeah, uh, Lunar Laugh, our new album is called Goodnight Noises Everywhere. It's available on our Bandcamp, uh, which is thelunarlaugh.bandcamp.com. And you can also find it, uh, the CD is available via Cool Cat Music. Cool spelled with a K, cat is spelled with a K, music spelled with that, a K at the end. That Mortal Kombat spell. Uh, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the vinyl is available from You Are the Cosmos out of Spain. Um, basically, if you search for it on Google, you will find it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like going to a record store, Guest Room Norman has some copies. Does Guest Room and OKC have any? They did not last time I was there, though. They were out. I need to restock. So, time to get them commission. (laughs) So, uh, and then. If you're listening outside of the United States, uh, there's a lot of record stores in the UK that apparently have this album. Oh, they at cool. least have it on their online store. Cool. That's tight. Sweet. Pay for music. Please. Pay for it. <laughs> Get it now. We have, we have to pay rent. Yeah. Top Golf doesn't pay all the bills. <laughs> I actually don't have a job, so I'm relying on this. So please. Yeah. <laughs> me, actually, and, me and Campbell work at the Top Golf. Actually, I'm homeless. <laughs> Where's the bottom golf? <laughs> I ask myself that every day. Mm. <laughs> but they have like a bottom section, right? Yeah. Would that make them the bottom golf and the people on the top floor? What's well, like? This is each floor just a different. It's tier a of golf. bottom golf, middle bottom golf, golf, and middle top golf. golf. <laughs> top golf. <Yeah>. It's three <laughs> different businesses. Uh, <laughs> by Are the prices cheaper to, at the bottom golf? No, they're actually not. Whenever you go to a different <laughs> floor, you got to like change shirts while you're walking down the yeah. stairs. Yeah. The yeah. golf, bar, the golf balls golf. and clubs are not as good at bottom golf as they are <laughs> top golf. Um, anyways. The, the service is worse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for doing this with me. I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Jared Lee Kites. I'm Connor Anderson. I'm Campbell Young. You're the Lunar Laugh. Um, <laughs> we are. And uh, <laughs> the Lunar Laugh. You can find all of the stuff that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. Um, I'm still <laughs> uh, I'm still repping that Machinations. Um, so if you go to SantiagoRamones.com slash podcast slash Machinations, it's like my whole master's concert recital thing. So it's the a whole inner machinations of your mind. Yeah, it's it's a whole experience. There's the, the YouTube Mac videos, Daddy. the lyrics, the oh. everything. Um, it's the best way to experience it until I record it in a studio and then put it out on an album. And until you come out with a VR version. Yeah, uh, that would be neat, yeah. Um, an app. <laughs> There's an app for that. But... um. Yeah, go listen to that because it's really cool and I'm really happy about it. So, and then I have the podcast, which you can review and uh, leave comments and subscribe and do all that stuff and tell your friends about it. Uh, the reviews really help. I'm glad that the podcast is currently at five stars on Apple Podcasts. So, nice. thank you guys who did that. Um, that means a lot to me. I'm going to throw a one star Yelp review. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> and this is episode 180? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Still um, out, man. <laughs> There's two reviews. They're both from my mom and my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I was in the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. <laughs>